Good morning. Today we'll be studying the 15th and final chapter of Hilchot Tefillah and Birkat Kohanim. And in this chapter, we'll deal with some of the conditions that prevent a Kohen from doing Birkat Kohanim. And as we've seen before, both as a whole in Hilchot Tefillah and specifically in, Birkat, in Hilchot Birkat Kohanim, there are many, many parallels to the worship of the Mikdash. And Harambam will point some of them out in this chapter. However, some of them are a little bit more subtle, and Be'ezat Hashem, I'll try and point them out as well. Halakha Aleph. Shisha Devarim Muni'in Nesi'at. Six things that prevent uh, what a Kohen from doing Birkat Kohanim. Halashon, proper pronunciation. Vehamumin. Physical blemishes, and transgressions, and age, and wine, alcohol, and the impurity of the hands. And Be'ezat Hashem will get into all of these in much more detail in a few minutes. Halachabit. When we say proper pronunciation, what are we really referring to? Those who cannot enunciate or pronounce the words and letters correctly. Those who say Aleph with an Ayn or they say ayn with an aleph, ol, shibolet, sibolet, bechayotzebahen, and any other mispronounced letters, en nosim et kaphen. Kohen who, ha, who may, does not pronounce the letters properly may not do berkat kohanim. Vechen lashon. Similarly, anyone who has a heavy mouth or tongue and can't properly enunciate. As people won't be able to recognize the words that they're saying. Kohen like this may not do Birkat Kohanim. Hamumin Ketzad. When we refer to physical blemishes, what exactly are we referring to? Kohen Shiyesh Mumin Beyadav, Obefanav, Oberaglav. A Kohen with a mum or a physical blemish on his hands or his face or his feet. For example, if his fingers were crooked or twisted or he had white spot on his fingers, he may not do brikat kohadim. As the nation would be fixated on his physical blemish. Uh, Something to point out, a Kohen with a mum is forbidden to enter uh, the sanctuary, the Beit HaMikdash, from the Mizbeach and inwards. And it's one of the parallels that I mentioned that are a little bit more subtle in Harambam, uh, doesn't actually point it out here. Anyone who was, had, was salivating onto his beard while he was speaking, 
so too someone who is blind in one of his eyes, lo yisat kapav, may not do birkat kohanim. Ne'im hayat dash be'ayro, however, if this kohen was known in his city and people knew knew about him, ra'yu akol regilim ba'zeh ha'sumeh be'achat o be'zeh she'ayro zav mutar, and everyone was already used to the fact that he was blind in one eye or that he was sal- would salivate, mutar, it's a, he's allowed to do birkat kohanim, lo yisha'en ha'am yistakilim bo, He's allowed to do Birkat Kanim as the nation will be fixated on uh, on his disability or his blemish. So anyone who his fingers were had blue or red color on them may not, because it looks like a physical blemish and people would be staring at that. Mutar. However, if the majority of the people, it was their uh, profession to deal with certain dyes and colors or paint, the Kohen is allowed to go up, even if he has this shade of red or blue on his fingers. As it is the norm for people to have colored on their fingers, and he won't, the Kohen won't stand out, and no one would stare at him for that. When we refer to the avera, the transgression, what are we specifically referring to? Kohen shiharak et nefesh, afilu bishgaga, ve'afal pishaset teshuva, lo yisa et kapav. Any kohen who killed somebody, or murdered someone, even accidentally, despite the fact that he did teshuva, may not do bikat kohanim. Shen ne'emar, yedechim damim maleu. As it says in the Pasuk in Ishaya, your hands are filled with blood. When you spread your hands, I will hide my eye from you. This is the continuation of the Pasuk. And this is something extremely interesting. The fact that the Quranim and the truth is the essence of the Beracha is Shalom. Therefore, that message cannot be given over by someone who either uh, killed somebody and took another person's life, or, as we'll see in this moment, any Kohen who worshipped Abu Dazara. As we've mentioned before, Abu Dazara is truly based on violence. Any Kohen who worshipped Abu Dazara, uh, as we'll see in a moment, either willingly or forcibly, because Abu Dazara and the epitome of it is violence, anyone who worshipped Abu Dazara, despite the fact that he may have done teshuva, is may not be allowed to do brikat kohanim. The kohen she'avad Abu Dazara, any kohen who worshipped Abu Dazara, ben be'ones ben bishkaga, afal pi she'asat teshuva, eno noset it kapav le'olam. Either if he did it willingly or forcibly. Despite the fact that he may have done teshuva, he may not do, uh, he may never do Birkat Kohanim. Notice that Harambam here says Le'olam, in contrast to we went, we mentioned before about the uh, Kohen who murdered someone. Harambam does not say Le'olam. As it says in Melachim Bet, the Kohanim who worshipped on the Bamot may not go up. 
and bless the people or go to the Beit HaMikdash. And the blessing of Bikat Kohanim is similar to the worship of uh, of the Beit HaMikdash. As the previous Pasuk is referring to, God saying the Kohanim will not be allowed to worship, to do the sacrificial worship after they uh, worshipped Abu Dazarah. As the Pasuk says, and juxtaposes the Beracha to the worship, this, to, that the Kohanim have the role to serve God, to worship Him, and also to bless in His name. So too, any Kohen who gave up Judaism and converted to Avodah Zarah, despite the fact that he may have come back to Yahadut and to Judaism, he may not, he may never do Birkat Kohanim. However, if the Kohen did any other Avira, he it does not prevent him from doing Birkat Kohanim. And just to further elaborate on this idea that I mentioned earlier, the Beit HaMikdash is the epitome of uh, peace, uh, both for uh, one's uh, nefesh and the ambiance in general was supposed to be uh, a peaceful place in order to put one's mind totally at ease and for him to be inspired uh, to worship Borei Olam. And as we mentioned before, Avodah Zarah is the exact opposite of it. And similarly, anyone who murdered someone, it directly contradicts this idea. And one of the reasons given as to why David Melech was not allowed to build the Beit HaMikdash is because his hands were filled with blood and he killed uh, people in war. And his son Shalomo would be only be allowed to build the Beit HaMikdash. And, one of the, and the reason given is that David Amelech's hands were bloodied. And because the Beit HaMikdash is the symbol of peace, it would not be appropriate for David Amelech uh, to build the Beit HaMikdash. Hashanim <clears throat> Ketzad. We're referring, talking about the years and the age. What exactly we're we referring to? Kohen kapav malezekano. A Kohen who is young, despite the fact that he may be older than thirteen, may not do birkatuanim until his beard is filled in. Vehayain ketzad. We mentioned wine. How specifically is this applied? What exactly we're we referring to? And this is another parallel to the Beit HaMikdash, that any Kohen who drink the following amount of wine may not enter from the Mizbeh and in, in further inside. Anyone who drank uh, a Revi'it of wine that was not diluted in water in one drought, may not do Birkat Kohanim until the alcohol has worn off of him. As the Beracha of Birkat Kohanim was juxtaposed to Avodah, as I mentioned before, and as I mentioned, Kohanim were not allowed to worship in the Beit HaMikdash if they drink this amount of wine. If the Kohen drink a Revi'it of wine in two droughts, or if he diluted it with a little bit of water, he is allowed to do Birkat Kohanim. 
However, if you drink more than a revi'it, despite the fact that he may have diluted the water, and despite the fact that he may have drank it in multiple droughts, he may not do Birkat Kohanim until he, uh, his, the alcohol and the wine is out of his system. This is again, if he drink more than a revi'it, and how much exactly is a revi'it? It's ba'aim al it's ba'aim al rum it's ba'aim bahati itzma bechomish itzba. It's two hand, two fingers long, two fingers wide, and two and seven tenths fingers high. So two by two by two by seven tenths. It's about seventy-five centimeters cubed. And this finger that we're referring to that measures in any place in the Torah, it refers to the thumb. And it's called Bohen Hayad in Hebrew. We refer to the impurity of the hands. What specifically are we referring to? Any Kohen who did not wash his hands and do Nekhtiyat Yadayim may not do Birkat Kohanim. Rather, the Kohen must wash his hands and do Nekhtiyat Yadayim up to his wrist as they would do it in the Mikdash in order for the sacrificial worship. And only after does he say Brikat says, Raise your hands in sacredness and bless God. Anyone who was a halal or born out of a forbidden kehuna relationship, for example, if the Kohen had a child with a divorcee, may not do Brikat Kohanim as. He isn't really considered a Kohen for all intents and purposes. Rabbeinu Abraham ben Haramban actually has an interesting teshuvah, and he says that if a Kohen did netilat yadayim for shaharit, he does not need to wash his hands again. And he says that this, this was the actual practice that was done. Uh, if anyone wants to see the sources brought in the Kesef Mishneh. Halachazayim. If a Kohen passes all of the qualifications that we mentioned and didn't have any one of these preventative items that we said that prevent him from doing Birkat Kohanim, despite the fact that he was not a sage or he was not necessarily precise and meticulous about the mitzvot, or that the general public would not praise this person necessarily. Or if he was not known to be the most honest person in business, this Kohen does do Birkat and he should not be prevented from doing so. As Birkat Kohanim is a positive instruction for every single Kohen that is um, fit to do Birkat Kohanim 
ואין אומרים לאדם רשע, הוסף רשע להימנע מהמצוות. We don't tell a misguided or evil person to continue in his evil ways and prevent this individual from doing mitzvot. Just such an important uh, insight to the Jewish approach that just because someone is not the best person or is doing uh, bad things or mis- misdeeds to other people, we don't tell him and, and refer to him as a lost cause and just to continue in his misdeeds. Rather, we want to bring him closer and we do not want to prevent him from doing mitzvot. And if anyone who has the opportunity to do a mitzvah, we try and bring them closer and not, and we do not want to encourage them and to continue in their bad ways. And we do see that every individual has the hope to do teshuvah and to t- change their ways as we have mentioned in Hilchot Teshuvah. Don't be shocked and think to yourself. What good is this beracha from this regular person? Who has the acceptance and reception of the beracha is not dependent on the kohanim. Rather, it is dependent on God. As God himself, after he tells the Quranim to bless the people, says that God will place his name on the Jewish people, people and he will truly be the one that blesses them. The Kohanim do the duty that they are instructed to do. However, God in his mercy truly is the one who blesses Israel uh, as he wishes. And this is something we should keep in mind, that no man has the power to truly uh, bless another person and impact their lives in a significant way. Rather, God, who is the source of all blessings and the source of all good, is the one that uh, bestows upon man uh, any, any good. Anyone who is at the rear of the Kohanim is not included in the Beracha. However, any, anyone who is standing at the side of the Kohanim as they are doing Bikat Kohanim are included in the Beracha. Uh, if there was a partition between the Kohanim and between the people that they are blessing, even if it was a metal wall or partition, because they are facing the Kohanim and the Kohanim are facing them, they are included in the Beracha. is only done in the presence of 10 Jewish men, and the Kohanim are included in the quorum of the 10 men. If there happened to be a synagogue that all of the people present were Kohanim, all of them do Rikat Kohanim. And who are they actually blessing if there are no Jewish people there? They are blessing their brothers in the north and their brothers in the south. 
And who answers Amen after them? The women and children answer Amen after them. If there are more than 10 Kohanim present after 10 Kohanim already went up, those 10 stay back and answer Amen, and the rest of them, those 10 Kohanim, do Birkat Kohanim. If the only Kohen present happened to be the Shaliyat Sibur, the Shaliyat Sibur may not do Birkat Kohanim. However, if the Shaliyat Sibur, who is the Kohen, is confident that he may, will do Birkat Kohanim and he'll return to his tefillah and won't get confused, he has the uh, permission to do so. However, if there was no Kohen at all present, right before the, the Shaliyah Sibur reaches Sim Shalom, he says the following, God, our Lord, Lord of our forefathers, bless us in the threefold Berakha that is written in your Torah. That blessing which is said to Aharon and his sons, the distinguished uh, people of your nation, as it says, and he says the Berakha of Rikat Kohanim, the people do not answer Amen, and the Shaliyah Sibur continues with Sim Shalom. Halakha Yod Bet. If a Kohen who already did Rikat Kohanim happens to find himself in another Beta Knesset and and he finds the Tzibur, the congregation that's praying, and they did not reach Rikat Kohanim, and he sees that the congregation didn't reach Rikat Kohanim yet. He does do Birkat Kohanim and blesses the people, and he may do this multiple times a day. Any Kohen who uh, did not uh, uproot his feet or begin to walk up to the Dukhan when the Shaliyah Sibur uh, begins the Berachav Ritzeh, may not go up and do Birkat Kohanim at that same tefillah. And this halakha and the next halakha are both statements made by Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, who was the first generation Amura in Eretz Israel, and these statements can be found in Masechet Sota, Daf Lamed Het Amud Bet. However, if the Kohen did remove his feet and uproot his feet and begin walking up to the Despite the fact that he may not have reached the Dukhan until after the Berachav Avodah, because he began walking towards the, uh, the Dukhan during Ritzeh, he does go up and do the Rikat uh, Kohanim. Halakha Yod Bet, Yod Dalet, final halakha. 
כל כהן שאינו עולה לדוכן, אף על פי שביטל מצוות עשה אחת, הרי זה כעובר על שלושה עשה. Any כהן that does not go up and do ברכת כהנים and bless the people of Israel, despite the fact that he wasted a מצוות עשה and did not fulfill it, הרי זה, he, it's as if he is being, he is transgressing on three positive מצוות. כה תברכו, אמור להם, ושמו את שמי, as the פסוק in the paragraph in the portion referring to ברכת כהנים, mentions three separate times the fact that the Kohanim have the duty to bless the people. As it says, so too you shall bless, so too you should tell the Jewish people, and you shall place God's name into the Jewish people by saying, Bikat Kohanim. Any Kohen who does not bless the people, he himself is not truly blessed. Any Kohen who does bless the Jewish people is, in fact, and will be blessed. As it says when God is speaking to Abraham Avinu, anyone who blesses you shall be blessed.